Warning, animated context contains spoilers, explicit language, and general tomfoolery. Neither of our hosts are experts on any topic and you should not take their opinions as such. Listen at your own discretion and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Anime Out of Context. The show where I attempt to explain the sometimes weird, sometimes wonderful, but always hilarious world of anime. And I have got a terrible feeling about this. I'm Sean Rollins. I'm Remington Chase. Remington, 29 episodes. 29 episodes, Sean. Oh boy. You've, you've kept me going this long somehow. And I can keep you going even longer. (laughs) We'll see about that. I mean, I've only been like a step away from breaking for these whole 29 episodes. (laughs) My state of mind is very fragile. As it usually is for you. Oh, yeah. But don't worry, Remington. I'm going to take it kind of easy on you this week. Ooh, okay. Lovely. Uh, Mostly because I'm a little on the ill side, so my voice is kind of killing me, so I can't get too excited. Okay. Okay, fantastic. That means we're going to go on a very simple one, something that I may just, like, sort of dislike and sort of like, and I have strong feelings towards, and it'll be fine, and then we'll have a decent discussion afterwards, and it'll be calm, and it'll be simple, and it'll be easy, and I won't have to stress. Ha ha. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, it hurts to laugh. (laughs) Oh, goodness. No, Remington, uh, because we're doing something that we've never done before today. Oh? We've gotten several emails recommending a single anime. Oh, okay. And several in-person requests as well. Oh, boy. Okay, so this is uh, a hot commodity. It's an anime that people have wanted us to talk about for a long time. Okay, well, you know how me and personal anime get along Mm -hmm. poorly. Yeah... They just want to see how you'll react to this one. They think to themselves, you can't possibly have anything negative to say about this particular anime. (laughs) Oh, well, if that's what they're thinking, I'll probably prove them wrong, because it is an anime. It is an anime, but it's a great anime. It's one of my favorite animes, actually. Mm, That doesn't convince me much. Nothing ever does, though, Remington. (laughs) Very rarely. My opinions don't seem to matter to you at all when it comes to this show. No, because we've established that anime fans' opinions are whack. If, excuse me, I happen to be one of the more reasonable anime fans. Yeah! Don't, yeah, (laughs) me! How many good things have I shown you that I have loved truly and dearly? I don't know, like four or five, maybe. Four or five? We've done 29 episodes, man. I know, and most of them I've hated. Oh, gods above, what are we going to do with you? Stop showing me anime? Not gonna happen. (laughs) So, Remington, this anime, as I said, has been recommended by multiple people. Yep. First and foremost is our good friend, our voiceover person, Dylan Kreider. Oh, okay, the guy who does the disclaimer. Okay, thanks, Dylan. Yeah, he loves this show, and he wanted to see how you felt about it. Okay, I trust Dylan's judgment a bit more than yours. That is very mean of you. As well as a couple names that I'm just going to list here. We have Manoli, Heather, James, and finally, this email. 
Okay, Remington, this email is one of the <laughs> best emails we have ever received. Oh, yeah? And I'm going to read you an excerpt of it. Oh, boy. Okay, let's hear it. Because this fella really has some disagreements with your opinions on such. Oh, I, th I think I may have glanced at this email. I think I might know the one you're talking about, but I don't know what they recommended. And his preamble to what he's recommending us is just the most sublime <laughs> thing. All right, let's hear it, Sean. As I stated before I just finished episode 25 and armed with that knowledge, I would like to recommend a show that I think Remington would like. Oh, okay. So okay, he's, good he's, start. He's looking for your better interests. It's an olive branch. Extend it out to me. This is me holding my arm out in good faith, and I will let you know, Remington, if you bite the hand that feeds you, <laughs> there will be repercussions. <laughs> I'm not saying that you have to enjoy and like it. You could hate it, and if that's your opinion, that's fine. But depending on your response will determine my next recommendation. <laughs> this is this is a person who knows how to cut me deep. Let he's, he's thinking to himself, if he reacts poorly to this anime that I'm trying to provide to him, how can I really get to him? terrible recommendations and by god that's true <laughs> <laughs> he knows you so well and i love that fact and that was an email from the lovely aj and aj, AJ uh, okay aj well i'm suddenly hoping i like it a little bit more okay so it's one of your favorites it's one of dylan's favorites a bunch of people are recommending it aj is <laughs> aj's gonna find me and murder me in my sleep if i react poorly to it uh this this will be interesting okay maybe it's gonna be good <laughs> Oh, I think it is wonderful, Remington. It's one of my all-time favorites just because of how strange and exciting and violent it can be. Oh, violent. So, okay, so it's bullcrap shonen. It's not bullcrap shonen. <laughs> it's just, just over-the-top shonen. It's Ugh, different. Shonen is always tough for me. I've liked maybe two shonen, maybe? Yeah, but that means you have the potential to like shonen, so you shouldn't just disregard the whole you know, subsection just because you've only liked two of the maybe five I've shown you. But most shonen are bad. Two out of five? Really? <laughs> like, that ratio is pretty... If you listen to episode 25 and you look at the bottom of the list, it's littered with shonen. Well, yes, but <laughs> that does not mean that all shonen is bad. No, just most shonen is bad. You're gonna get so many... <laughs> Very special recommendations after this, I think, Remington. Oh, God. So I'm just going to give you a bit of the synopsis for this show. Okay, okay. Always worrying when you don't tell me the title before the synopsis. If this involves sisters, I'm going to be angry. Continue are, with the synopsis. There are no <laughs> sisters in this show. Okay. I can guarantee that much. A few. And especially no incestual relationships. Oh, thank goodness. We're looking up. <laughs> the story begins in the year of 1868. 1868, going way back when. Yes. The story starts uh, in England, of course. Okay, okay, another... This, this is already getting a bit of, like, Helsing vibes, but mm -hmm. I'll ignore that. And a carriage has tumbled 
over a cliff into a ravine, spilling the occupants uh, everywhere. The family within the carriage has been spread out across the bottom of the ravine and appears to be dead and horribly Is this going to be another, and their parents were dead for the protagonist? Like Don't be ridiculous. Dead? Only the mother's going to be dead. <laughs> Why can't anime protagonists have healthy family units? Well, because Remington... Wouldn't be very interesting otherwise, would it? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to start a charity. Save the protagonist's parents. <laughs> so what ends up happening is the carriage crashes, the mother dies on impact, the father is close to death himself, the child seems to be have been protected by being straddled in the mother's arms. The mother took the fall to save the child kind of thing. Okay. Uh, and then a couple of scavengers come by across the wreckage. Is this just Hercules? <laughs> as a young boy taken away, raised by gods themselves, and then brought back into the normal world? No. <laughs> Why is there a question mark? Well, because there is some magical stuff going on in this show, but... That sounds about right. Yeah. And the scavengers come of up to the crash site, of course, looking to steal everything blind, because, I mean, some fool went over a cliff in a carriage, and they're probably all dead. Might as well take all their crap, right? Yeah, makes sense. Uh, but, surprisingly enough, the father is still alive. Oh, and... I was just hoping you were going to say the baby kicks it, their asses. That would have been amazing. <laughs> just like the start of Hercules. Yes! <laughs> Hercules is my favorite anime. Mine, too. <laughs> and... He, the father wakes up and is like, oh my goodness, you're here to save me. And of course, the scummy guy's like, yes, we're here to save you. <laughs> oh yeah, that's why we're here. Thank you so much. Did my wife survive? No. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you are in an anime protagonist's family unit. So uh, something's got to give, but you made it. Which, hey, beats the odds. <laughs> Uh, what about my child? It's alive too. Your wife broke the fall for the child. Which, amazing, physics-wise, if you oh, think yeah. about it. But hey, it's anime. Physics is a, more of a guideline than a rule. Something gives me a bad feeling about this baby. Just, there's nothing you've said that should indicate to me that I should hate this baby. But I personally don't like this baby. Why don't you like this baby? <laughs> I just got a feeling, Sean. I got a feeling in my loins that... I'm not going to enjoy this baby. This is very open to be proven wrong, but that's my first inclination. Well, it's going to be a little more complicated than that, because this is just the prologue. Oh, okay. Yes, after he believes he's rescued, George is his name. Okay, good old George. Yes, is like, here, take this. And you know what would be the best shounen anime? What? George just struggling to be a single father in modern society. <laughs> So wait, you're just talking about sweetness and lightning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just want sweetness and lightning again, actually. We might come back to that eventually, man, but we've got so many anime to cover. All right, so what's George doing? He's like, for saving my, me and my son, I will give you a debt. If ever you need anything, just come to me and I will help you in whatever way I can. Because, you know, the grateful rich patron kind of guy. Okay. You know, because uh, the family is a very wealthy one and it's a very generous wealthy family. It's just a good family in general, except yeah. for the part where some of them are dead. Yeah. Yeah. And then it cuts to about uh, 12, 13 years later when All the right. boy's 
the boy has grown up quite a bit. Uh, the, the baby is named Joseph. Uh, nope, Jonathan. That's Jonathan, right. okay. Yes, the boy is named Jonathan, and he is growing up kind of oh, as Oh, very a, English. Oh, he's very English. He grows up as a proper young English lad, trying his best to be a gentleman. I'm always mildly amused when they, like, go full into the English tropes yeah. in anime, uh, which we've seen twice or so. Uh, it's always very entertaining. It is. It's interesting to see how Japan as a whole views other countries. Uh, America, especially. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to have to show you some uh, anime where they have very interesting views on what America is like. Oh, perfect. But that's for another day. So the boy, Jonathan, is, Good old Johnny boy. is a young adult. And the person who, quote-unquote, rescued uh, George and his family is on his deathbed. Which okay. is, uh, you know... The case. And this fella, Dario, has a son. And as his dying breath, because uh, Dario's not a good person, I'll tell you that right now. Uh-huh. He uh, abuses his family, his son, and whatnot, and the son kind of turned out kind of horrible because of it. What ends up happening is, on his deathbed, he's like, take this letter, go to this place, and be even more powerful than the rest of the world type of thing. Just a very, like, angsty, angry father kind of scenario. Okay. Why are you making that face, Remington? Sean? What's up, Remington? I'm getting real suspicious. Why are you suspicious? Because, Sean? Yeah? Before we started this podcast... Yes. There there were a, a very small set of anime that we had discussed before. Mm-hmm. And none of them were ones I was looking forward to doing. Yes, that's understandable. And one... Still gets talked about decently often, and I've seen, like, a handful of episodes that long, long ago. Yep. And I hated them so deeply. Mm-hmm. And I'm mildly worried from my vague recollection... Yeah? ...that this might be that one. So, should I tell you, uh, the main character's full name? I swear to God, Sean. So, the child that has been rescued is a fellow by the name of Jonathan Joestar. Mother! Fucker. God damn son of bitch. Otherwise known as God. Jojo. This motherfucker right <laughs> here. Ah. This goddamn son of a bitch. Because <sighs> the anime that's been recommended to us is none other than Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. AJ, I got bad news for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how far into the plot I could get before you started recognizing things. Oh, uh, it, it was like, all right, all the rest was like normal and vague and generalized. But then we hit Dario and I was like, wait a minute. I knew it was going to be the name. I resisted the urge to say the kid's name. Yeah. But that kid is Dio Brando. Yeah, yeah, because I remember Dio and suddenly all the pieces lined up. All right, let me explain to our listeners my history with JoJo. If anything, this was the origin of the podcast years ago before the idea of the podcast ever even existed. About two years ago, actually. Yeah, two years ago, Sean shows me some JoJo. I can't remember the full situation. He shows it to me, and I despise it. I hate every episode. I am ripping it to shreds for reasons I have since blocked out from my memory. 
And ever since, whenever it comes out, whenever it comes up in conversation, I get a visceral hatred towards it. And then everyone says, oh, but it's a really good anime. But it's not. And this is terrible. This is awful. Uh, my only solace is that I won't be retreading new ground because I think I've seen about three or four terrible episodes, which were god-awful. Uh, so I guess I get to rewatch those three to four terrible episodes and relive and remember why they were so bad. About that, Remington. God, no, Sean. It is episode 29. God, no, Sean. And I haven't done a very specific <laughs> thing in this particular block of 10. Are you talking about the Sean bullshit rule? I don't think that's its official title. Oh, he's talking about the Sean bullshit. But every block of 10 episodes, Remington has given me permission to go over our three to four episode rule. I thought I was safe. You thought I would waste the opportunity? <laughs> I was hoping you just sort of forgot. <laughs> I would never forget about this, Remington. Son of a but don't worry, Remington. It is tr ground that you're treading before, so you'll have some familiarity and it'll be a little more tolerable. I don't know if that's the case. Oh, I think it will be. Especially considering you didn't watch three to four episodes when we last saw this. Did I not? You watched nine episodes. I watched nine episodes? You watched nine episodes. Oh my god. Beca How did I survive? Because, Remington, the story of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure follows the Joestar family line. Oh, God. So I'm going to go into the overarching plot of this. It starts, of course, with Jonathan Joestar, the kind of progenitor of this group. He is growing up as the son of a very famous archaeologist, George Joestar. And at some point, George discovers a very strange mask. That mask has some deep latent magical powers that when it comes in contact with blood and is being worn on the face will activate pierce the skull and turn the person into wait for it a vampire oh it's just bullshit helsing it is not bullshit helsing anyway that incident with the mask is where this all starts and it starts with the first part of the series called phantom blood yay and it's that first nine episodes going through jonathan's life of... so i saw the entire first arc yeah how in the world did Vince me do that? Uh, I might have bribed you. <laughs> this is so blocked from my memory. <laughs> like, I remember JoJo was blue and Theo was blonde, and that is literally all of my knowledge. Wow. I'm sure once we start watching it, your memories is just going to flood back <laughs> I in. don't want it to. <laughs> But yeah, so the overarching plot of JoJo is this. It, it follows the Joestar family and their strange, bizarre adventures that go forth with them. It starts out with, of course, big, muscly magic men punching the crap out of vampires. Yep. JoJo versus Dio. That's the big thing. Jonathan versus Dio. And at every part of the series, it goes to a different member of the family line, usually skipping a generation or two. Okay. And each arc is very different from the previous one, has different uh, setting, different main characters with different personality traits, different musical references, because quite frankly, the, what? 
not musicals as in like Oklahoma, but musical as in classic rock. Because the fun thing about the author of this series is that every single character or power or ability usually tends to be related to a classic rock artist. I have like completely forgotten all of this. Yeah, because to give some examples, JoJo is a reference to the Beatles song, uh, Get Back. Uh, you familiar with that song? This is this anime is going to make me hate the Beatles. Oh! <laughs> this is what anime is doing. It's infecting my comfortable Western culture and making me feel uncomfortable at home. You're always uncomfortable at home, though, Remington. Ah, uh, it's too accurate. <laughs> but no, the music references in the show are fucking phenomenal. You know, you got JoJo from the Beatles song. You got Dio as in the artist Dio. <laughs> you know, throwing up the horns, Dio. Yep. yep. Or uh, one of my favorites is a character by the name of Robert E.O. Speedwagon. Oh my god. As in REO Speedwagon. Yep. And just, it goes down and down. And you think the guy would run out of references to make? But this show currently is just released the fifth part of the series. Fifth! Yeah. And they're completely separate story arcs just in the same world. So they feel like complete stories in and of themselves. But he, is, he keeps going with these references, and I'm just like, oh, that's amazing. There's only one downside, though. Anytime it comes over to America, they have to change the name in the subtitles because copyright is a, works a little differently over here. Uh-huh. So you might hear them say something like, this is my, uh, this is my good friend, ACDC, which is a character name. Oh, my God. But they rewrite it to SEDC, as in E-S-I-D-I-C-I. Oh, okay. So it's like, you'll see weird things like that, or they'll say a power is like, this is my ability, bad company, where it's like, Jesus. and then they'll rename it to something along the lines of horrible troop. And it's like, oh, come <laughs> on. We clearly hear them saying bad company, but. I, I cannot emphasize to our listeners enough how much I have dreaded this episode coming because I knew, I knew it was inevitable, but I, I had just convinced myself week by week that it wasn't going to be then it wasn't gonna be then and now it is here yes and it is here people have requested it people have wanted to hear about it for months aj dylan heather so many people want you to watch this show again and talk about it where we can record you i'm, I'm gonna try my damnedest to be as objective and as clear-headed as possible, if anything, just to make sure AJ doesn't inflict worse things upon me. But it's going to be hard. Well, I do have one saving grace for you, Remington. Oh. So the original Phantom Blood arc is about nine episodes. We're not going to watch nine episodes. Oh, thank What they ended up doing, because this anime was originally released in 2012. Uh-huh. Uh, what we're going to do, they have actually taken the entire first arc and condensed it into basically uh, the length of a short film. Okay. So as opposed to watching, you know, nine episodes, which could have been easily two and a half hours of anime. Yep. You only got an hour and a half to work with there. Okay. Okay. That's more acceptable. Yep. But since you've already seen that part, I also wanted to get you a couple episodes into the second part to see how they did. God damn it. 
Well, you've already seen JoJo's, and once you start watching it, you're gonna recognize, oh, that's that, oh, that's that bullshit, I hated that, yep. which you shouldn't, because it's so wonderful and bizarre and strange and over-the-top in all the best ways. Oh, I've already just remembered a rant I'm gonna rehash it when we start part two of this episode. Oh, I'm sure you will. But then we're going to get into a couple episodes of the second arc, which is one of my favorite arcs, uh, simply known as... The Spooky Blood. <laughs> no. <laughs> we're going to go into a couple episodes of one of my favorite parts with one of my favorite JoJo's, Part 2, Battle Tendency. Battle Tendency. Oh, yeah. Do they have a tendency to battle? You bet they do. <laughs> well, that's shonen. And the thing about Battle Tendency, I think you'll like it better than Part 1, uh -huh. simply because the it stars Joseph Joestar, Jonathan's grandson. Okay. And Joseph is kind of the opposite of Jonathan. That's a good indicator. Yep. And he is one of my favorites. And he's also American as well. That's the other oh, thing. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. This will be fun. Yep. And we'll just have to see how things go. I have not been looking forward to this. I'm going to try to be impartial, but probably fail. This is going to be rough. Don't worry, Remington. I'm sure you're, you'll find your way through this. After all, it's just a roundabout. It, it, is, is that just a reference to, like, street roundabouts that happen in England? No, it's the ending theme for most of JoJo. Oh, god damn it. Yeah, roundabout by, yes, great song. Look it up. Because <laughs> I'll be the roundabout. Oh. <laughs> it hurts me deeply. Oh, this is going to be amazing. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back after watching the entirety of part one of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, The Phantom Blood, as well as the first four episodes of part two, Battle Tendency. And I have got to say, I've never seen Remington this alive after watching that much anime. There was so much anime, holy cow. But you survived and you came out not looking like a corpse for once. I mean, it was no Sword Art Online. No, it was not. Very far from Sword Art Online, if you ask me. But I have a lot of opinions. So are these the kind of opinions that's going to make our good buddy AJ send a very strongly worded email? I'll speak to AJ directly for a moment. AJ, these may not be the opinions you want to hear, but I think they're the opinions that you have to hear. You only have to hear them if you listen to the episode, which we prefer you do. <laughs> they're not all bad. Not all bad. Well, that's a good start, because I was worried you were just going to drag this down to the depths of the abyss with all your other most hated animes. And part one Remington would have done that. Uh, the Remington, before rewatching things, definitely would have done that. And I would have argued, not terrible reasoning. From my admittedly spotty memory of JoJo, did hold up fairly accurate, though not entirely accurate. But there were many things that I saw in a new light or new things that I discovered. That is true. So basically you're saying Phantom Blood Remington, not happy. But Battle Tendency Remington is doing a bit better. Yeah! 
Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just have to jump into it. Okay, where would you like to begin? Uh, just to reiterate, watch the entirety of the first part, Phantom Blood, which has a very nicely condensed edited version of the first nine episodes, which makes watching it a lot briefer and a lot more straightforward while getting all the major plot points down. And the reason that we did that, I have already seen the first arc of it. I've seen part one of JoJo before, so this was a nice re-watching while also being able to get into the new stuff while also not spending... 12 hours watching goddamn anime and we needed to do that because you have a tendency to completely forget everything you watch after a while i don't think there's a single anime out there that i could watch 12 hours of and enjoy in one sitting i don't think it's possible i don't think it can be done oh come on remington why don't you just tap into that inner weeb that you've locked away deep in your heart mm, i think he died long ago but let's talk about the Phantom Blood. The general arc of the story is that you have Jojo and you have Dio and they fight one another. It's very prototypical shonen. It's borderline Fist of the North Star, but with vampires though. If you take Fist of the North Star and you add Helsing, then you have a basic understanding of what Phantom Blood is. And to be fair, the original manga was written around the same time as Fist of the North Star. A little after, I believe, but again, around the same time. So early on, one thing that I immediately enjoy is that you have Jonathan Joestar, good old Jojo. He shows up and he gets in a fight trying to save a doll and he gets his butt whooped. He gets his ass absolutely kicked, which is great to see that you're, you show your protagonist in a vulnerable state. They don't always win. Unfortunately, this is one of the few good things I can say about Jonathan Joestar. I'm amazed you had even one good thing to say about him because Remington, as I've mentioned while we were watching it, the least liked Jojo of the lot, and I believe there are about seven of them total, is... The original Jonathan Joestar. Let me make a comparison for all these niche fans of WWE and anime. Jonathan Joestar is the Roman Reigns of shonen anime. Oh god, I get that reference. <laughs> and anybody who's into WWE will understand what that means and why that's not a great thing. But... For all those who don't enjoy WWE, don't worry, I'll explain further. You see, with Jonathan, he is first a white knight to the extreme. His whole spiel is about being a gentleman. He tries to be a gentleman. At one time, Speedwagon called him a gentleman, and you could almost see him pop a boner right then and there. But that's it? That's all he is? Is this white knight gentleman without many flaws other than that he is bland as all hell. He is a Mary Sue to the extreme. He doesn't take what I always hear about Jojo, which is so over the top, but the first Jojo just isn't. He is bland and boring, and he's not even playing the straight man in this crazy universe. He's just not playing much of a role at all. I mean, he is literally just the starting point for all the really interesting stuff to happen. But yeah, no, most people think Jojo is a bit of a, well, a, a bland bitch protagonist. Oh, yeah. The only difference is, is he actually kicks ass occasionally. But, and that's fine, but he doesn't even do so in an interesting way. So far, 
just about every single battle we have seen at all it doesn't have amazing interesting back and forth that you see in amazing shonen like full metal alchemist or even ruby instead what you see is here's my super powered move did that work no here's their super powered move did that work no here's my super powered move did that work yes oh wait no and you just keep repeating that it's not interesting it's not fun there were some moments that they use satire well during the battles but the battles itself weren't action-packed in an enjoyable way you know what for the first parts i would say so uh the final confrontation with dio was pretty interesting though sort of sort of sort of you will get there let's talk a moment about dio dio is your main villain he showed up early on in jonathan's life and they were orphans together well hey he still had a father well, I mean, see, I guess. I mean, that literally defeats the definition of orphan. All right, they were like, we're motherless together. <laughs> motherless together, coming to ABC. <laughs> uh, I thought Dio was much more what I was looking for in this type of show. He was so over-the-top villainous in a very obvious way. Like, when you meet him, he just does everything ruthless and evil. But then it gets to one of my primary points about part one. Part one, so often, it's difficult to tell if they're being over the top and they're aware of how ridiculous they are, and thus it's satirical and funny, or if they're being so over the top and they're relatively clueless and they think that this is genuinely the proper writing decisions, in which case it's amusing, but for a very different reason. And I think both sides hold true sometimes. Sometimes they were definitely obviously over the top to elicit laughter and humor and they nailed it. But other times, I felt like the ways that they went over the top were incidental and that they didn't mean for it to be ridiculous. They sincerely thought that it was a heartwarming or heart-wrenching moment, but it wasn't. And I think that we'll get to part two has a lot better of a grasp on that concept. Yes, part one has the most flaws of any of the JoJo series, uh, which there is a reason for that, Remington. Uh, believe it or not, this is a remake of a sorts. Uh, back in the early 90s, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure had a anime debut, but it didn't start from the beginning, per se. It started at part three. So everybody's nostalgia for JoJo from the anime side of things is from part three. So, so were they just trying to be like, hurry, let's get to part three now? A little bit, it seems like, because part three is the one that they put... Uh, easily the most effort into out of all the JoJo's I've seen so far. Oh yeah, because the pacing of part one, you can definitely tell in a weird way, it's both rushed, but at the same time, feels like it didn't give enough time to interesting things, which is quite similar to Sword Art Online in that way. For example, uh, one thing that is ridiculous is the two episode fight scene that just lasts forever and isn't interesting in any way yes the uh, fight scene between the night blueford and jojo himself yeah that one wasn't good or interesting but it lasts forever and when your entire little arc 
of your story is nine episodes to have over 20% of that to a single not great battle that's going to hurt the product well to be fair a good chunk of that was a flashback into the night's story which uh nobody cared about let's be real yeah and then thankfully the edited version we saw cut out one character significantly which i greatly appreciated because i remember hating this character everyone hates poco everyone hates poco poco is just a little kid that tags along because he was hypnotized it doesn't matter he's annoying he's an escort quest that they tried to make relevant to the plot but never felt that way the hilarious thing is is you know characters would not have died if he had not existed which is hilarious but it could have been different and then you have Two other characters we haven't really touched on yet, so let's touch on them. There's Speedwagon, who everybody adores. Because he is he's the Krillin of the show. He gets his ass kicked all the time, but he's hilarious and over the top in a lot of ways. Him and Dio are easily the best characters in Phantom Blood because they realize what a- anime they're in. They, they do over-the-top things. They are ridiculous in every element that they exist in, unlike the other characters. Those two, I wish... The rest of part one matched them in so many regards. Speedwagon, I didn't even adore him as much as I felt like most people do, but he was much, he was very humorous and one of the better parts. My favorite part about Speedwagon is he, how he fixes a character's arm with the power of abs. Oh yes, the <laughs> power of abs. You can never doubt the power of abs. And then the other character that we haven't touched upon but is quite important is Baron Zapelli. So Zapelli, he shows up basically out of nowhere and then he's like i'll give you these magic powers which frustrated me to no end but we'll discuss those what's really annoying and definitely spoilers incoming but he shows up and i never really enjoyed him but then they just have the way too long battle together and then one of my most infuriating bits of the entire show And I would really hope that most people could agree this is really dumb. He ends up getting chopped in half, right? Uh, By all accounts, he should be dead. But, oh, he has ham and energy, so okay. He can be struggling for life. And it's a shounen, okay, pushing it significantly. But I'll, I'll begrudgingly accept it. And then Jojo has a broken neck. So what Zapelli does is he gives his life force over and he says, I am giving you all of my life force, right? And he ages up, he's old and he's wrinkled. And then there we go. Jojo is suddenly magically alive, which is also mildly bullshit, but we'll touch upon him and energy in a moment. But Zapelli doesn't even die yet. He is not dead yet. He gives one closing line. You think maybe he's dead now? No. Then they finish things up. They finish the battle. They go back to him and he's like, oh man, I am dying. And it's like, how are you still talking? How? Everything about that from Zapelli's to Jojo, it was all bad. That was a terrible moment. But Remington, how badass would it be to survive like usually instantly mortal wounds and then do a final goodbye thing but he had the final goodbye with like oh i've given you all my life energy that could have been it and then they go back to him and he's a corpse instead they went back to him and he's like oh boy it's been a rough day for me let me tell you fellas it was really dumb and everything about like what that scene really annoyed me but zapelli dies and there he goes he's gone thank goodness oh dear you're gonna piss off so many people with that one but with zapelli zapelli was the one who taught ham and energy so let's take a moment to talk about ham and energy especially in part one phantom blood i've mentioned this 
quite a few times about multiple things. But when you have crazy superpowers, it is far more interesting when you develop clear rules. There were no rules. There were hardly any rules, and the only ones listed were only for convenience at any turn. The rules are created only to make certain moments interesting, and they're very rarely foreshadowed. Instead, it's always, boom, this, and then it either works surprisingly well for reasons that they will teach you on the spot, or it doesn't work at all for reasons they will teach you on the spot. But what that means is that you can do anything with your story. So I can't predict it, of course I can't, because you have given me nothing to work with. And that's significantly less interesting to think about. Yeah? Yes! <laughs> because if you don't have rules, it's just anarchy. And without rules, a story is just convenience for every single time you need convenience. But they do have rules, Remington. But very limited and usually explained right when they are relevant. Yeah? Which is an issue for storytelling, <laughs> because if you're like, oh yes, so now this is about to happen, oh wait, no, it's not, you can have a few of those moments as nice little surprises, but when those moments are happening every single time, it gets grating, because at that point, why am I invested if you aren't going to tell me how any of this works? Oh, are they in trouble? Do I know that they're in trouble? Or are they just going to save their ass in some ludicrous fashion that has not been foreshadowed? Or are the heroes going to win? Or is the villain just going to block them using something that's never been explained before? I cannot invest myself if they're not clearly established rules because I have no foundations for that. And I thought that was one of the weakest parts of part one. And then even further, so often in Phantom Blood, you had characters who either at any given point can't do anything at all. They are weak and struggling and they're hurting and they can hardly stand or they can defeat the world. And those are the only settings. There's very little gradient. And then, so with, then we can continue with the story of Phantom Blood a little bit. Oh, Jojo and Dio fight each other, blah, blah, blah. They end up meeting again and they have a fight, which amounts everything I've said before holds true. Superpowered move after superpowered move, twists and turns that are only explained in the very moment. And eventually, Jojo heroically, right from the brink of death, he defeats Dio and he kills Dio. Asterisk. Yeah, <laughs> there's always that asterisk attached when you're dealing with the undead, isn't there? Yeah, so he, like, explodes Dio using his life force energy, right? Yep. And it's like, oh, everything is happy dandy now. And then he gets married to his, his girlfriend that was just a terrible love arc that I had no investment in. Agreed. Yeah, no, like I said, part one, ooh, not the best. Yep. Even amongst JoJo fans. But... He gets married to Arena, that was her name. Yep. Uh, and they're about to go on their honeymoon to America. But, unfortunately, looks like Dio had one last plan in action. Yeah, so Dio is now just ahead, which I felt like it explained poorly. Uh, in the edited version it did, but in the proper uh, episode, he explains that right before the Hammond reached his neck and such, he sliced off his own head and then the... Uh, I, I recall that. Yeah. It's still pretty convoluted. I, it's still not great. It's just another excuse because Jojo loves having bullshit twists. 
that lack foreshadowing. But nonetheless, it happened. It's not the worst thing that happened. And he's, his goal is essentially to kill Jojo, chop off his head, take his body. Which I thought was very interesting. And I think it would be far more interesting if it, he succeeded. Yeah, that would be great, wouldn't it? That would have been amazing. He doesn't. Uh, he ends up, Jojo does his Jojo bullshit, and he ends up on a burning... Uh, no, not on a burning. He ends up on a boat that's about to explode, holding Dio's head, and they're gonna die together. I'm skeptical that Dio died, for sure, because JoJo's Bizarre Adventure loves its bullshit twists. So I'm still waiting for Dio to show up again. You think Dio's gonna just show up in battle uh, tendency then? I would not be fucking surprised. But, Revington, the enemies in battle tendency are much scarier than Dio. Uh, until Dio shows up and he's even more powerful because he's Super Dio or <laughs> some bullcrap. Super Dio. Because the power creep in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is all too real. Nonetheless, fortunately, Irina and uh, her son, they escaped. Well, a child that she... Well, yeah, a child, not, not her son, her but son. a child that she found. Well, I mean, yeah, she had the mother <laughs> die right in front of her and JoJo's <laughs> like... She was like, now this one's mine. <laughs> Oh, and I've also got one in the oven, so this will work out wonderfully. Yeah, very <laughs> weird. Uh, and anyway, they get to America, and then we start part two. Which, arguably, way better than part one. So much better! And it has probably my favorite JoJo, simply because Joseph Joestar is an unapologetic asshole. Yeah, let me say this right now. Part one, Phantom Blood... I think is really bad shonen. It could be decent satire, but it needs to be more self-aware, and I think the characters and story actively get in the way of that, but it did have humorous moments. But Remington, he could even lift this heavy rock. That was a fun <laughs> moment. I feel like part one, there are better satire, there are better shonen. Part one, just not great. Part two, I'm on the cusp of whether it's actually good or not. I'm trying to figure out if the reason I'm stopping it from feeling good inside of me is because of part one or if there's other reasons because it definitely has setbacks but we'll see how i feel about part two by the end of this discussion we'll have to see and of course with popular shows like this remington this is not going to be the last time we talk about jojo's god damn it like remington there are five parts right now <laughs> so many parts but hey they're they're uh five completely separate complete stories that just happen to happen in the same timeline and that definitely shows because Battle Tendency, part two of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, to make an anime analogy, Love Chunibyo and Other Delusions, for me, had potential, but it didn't go as far as I would have liked. And then we watched Watamote, and it did what I wanted Love Chunibyo and Other Delusions to be. That is the same comparison I would make with Phantom Blood and Battle Tendency, because Battle Tendency is far more silly and over the top, and that is greatly benefited by its protagonist, Joseph Joestar. Who, by the way, he's amazing. He's kind of like a Americanized asshole-ish Sherlock Holmes. Oh yeah, he's so ridiculous and over the top and silly and cocky and arrogant and fun. Far better than his predecessor. And he ends up meeting Smokey the Thief, who has yet 
to be relevant, but is just always hanging around. Uh, he's not going to be relevant after this. He's He was just kind of a temporary speed wagon. Oh, that's so strange. Cause yeah, no, it's very it strange. It feels like they're invested in him, but also not letting him do anything. I mean, he became JoJo's friend and uh, helps out with his grandmother. So, you know, they, <laughs> Neat. yeah, that's basically it. He's, he's not that interesting of a character, unfortunately. He's just kind of there for flavor. And the plot of Vandal Tendency, I will say, is a little bit all over the place so far. It doesn't have a strong direction yet, which I think it probably should have had by now. I don't know. I think it has a fairly strong uh, direction right now. It's sort of a bunch of arrows vaguely pointing in a bunch of different directions, I feel like. Well, uh, let's break it down step by step, and I'll try and clear that up for you. Because that is my job on this podcast, is to try and clear up the anime bullshit. Yeah, so first we see that Speedwagon, he's alive and well, and he's an oil baron, and things are going great. It's 1940, and so things are looking real up for Speedwagon, who's nice and old now. Uh, he gets asked by Straitso to come investigate a thing. And if you're wondering who Straitso is, uh, he is a character from Phantom Blood who has the ham and energy who wasn't super interesting. I mean, basically, uh, it was him, his buddy Dyer, so Dire Straitso. Huh, you know? get it? Yeah, because like the band Dire Straits, it's clever. Uh, and their master, uh, Ton Petty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he was just like, one of the good guy lackeys, basically. Coming to try and stop the menace that is Dio. And they helped in the background fighting zombies in the like. It was a very strange choice, in my opinion, for a character to return. Yeah, right before Speed the final Speedwagon makes sense. Speedwagon, I understand, because he was, like, the crowd favorite. Straight so, very weird choice, but we'll ignore that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Of course, uh, Speedwagon finds this strange, demented pillar because this all happened because of a mask that turns people into vampires when it is worn. Oh, yeah, mildly important. There's a mask that they're all trying to either look for, use, or destroy. Yep. Just think Lord of the Rings and you're set. Basically, in uh, Phantom Blood, they decide to destroy the mask because why wouldn't you? It's a demonic vampire-making mask that <laughs> causes people to die. Not a good thing to have around. So they break it at the end of Phantom Blood. Great. Problem solved. Story done. Great. If, it's interesting because it feels like it's extremely important, but it's only very circumstantially important. Like, the characters will talk about it quite a bit, but it's not something I think about a lot when I think of jo jo JoJo's Bizarre Adventure just because it's, it's rarely brought up. Especially in Phantom Blood, other than when it was super relevant. And I'll tell you right now, in Battle Tendency, it is the main plot point. Okay, and I think it's an interesting one, yep. because it definitely is just Lord of the Rings, Forbidden Rain. Yeah, and the idea is, where did these masks come from? Well, Speedwagon goes to a uh, temple in Mexico, a long-forgotten ruin, and finds a giant pillar covered in these masks, with a central icon apparently preserved in the pillar. Uh, and so one thing leads to another. He's showing Straitso it, and uh, Straitso murders everybody. Yeah. Murders absolutely everybody, because as it turns out, his life is running thin, he's getting old, and ham and energy isn't enough for him. Instead, he wants immortality, so he wants to be a vampire. That... Also, he doesn't care about murdering people now because he wants to be real young. You'd think that maybe you could just think maybe I can be immortal but not murder everybody. And you can't even make the argument that wearing the mask is what made him evil because that's not the case. It was a bit 
iffy on his motives here. Yeah, I can agree with that. His ultimate motives were to get rid of anybody who knew about the mask so that no one would have a way of stopping him if they ever wanted to. Uh, his motives aside from that are a bit, uh, non-existent, quite frankly. It's a strong shift from what little we knew about him before. And so it's just yet again strange that they chose this character from Phantom Blood. Why not just make a new one that also has Hammond energy, but is a little bit more corrupt that we know about, instead of this one who's never indicated any of these tendencies. But that's a lesser critique. Yeah, I mean, it was probably just recycling the character, quite frankly, because obviously Tom Petty couldn't have survived, you know, 40 years later. Because the difference between these stories is about 40 years. Oh, yeah. Because Joseph Joestar is the grandson of Jonathan Joestar. So we have him as one of the main villains-ish. Uh, he ends up getting into a fight with Joseph and dies, question mark? He definitely dies. Okay, and he dies with the power of Hammond energy. Yeah, because Hammond is the one thing that is guaranteed to kill normal vampires. Along with sunlight and smashing their brains. Yes, which the smashing your brains thing is a little wishy-washy at this point. Yeah, that one... At this point, it's just an urban rumor yeah, because so, they've been exploded and been fine, so it's pushing it. Look, you've got magic and sunlight. Let, let's just stick with the magic and sunlight. It's the best way to go about it. But, but yeah. then you also have the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, on our lovely podcast, we have to bring up our past of Nazis. I don't know why Nazis keep popping up in anime. Ah, who could say? Maybe it's because they're a good story thing to revolve around. You want to awaken some horrible evil that shouldn't have been messed with or ever touched? How about the Nazis? It's good old Indiana Jones. It's exactly an Indiana Jones. So, and then you got one main big bad Nazi. Yes, uh, Von Straheim. Yeah, Von Straheim, who is a great character. He's also silly and over the top, but at the same time, he can be serious and vile. So he has that blend that part one tried to get, but never, ever, ever did. And the Nazis, they're examining one of these pillars that we just discussed, figuring out how's it tick, what's going on with it. And then one thing leads to another. They unleash an unspeakable horror with a perfect being who's just a huge muscular dude. Which, quite frankly, to a lot of people, that's the perfect being, if you know what I'm saying. But this muscular dude, he can absorb things, and he can morph into different weird shapes. He's a pillar man. Basically, what he is, Remington, is he is the progenitor to the vampires. Uh, he is a vampire of himself, but he's far more powerful, and he has... 100% control of every cell in his body is basically how they explain it. Yeah, and so he goes on a bit of a Nazi murder spree. Meanwhile, Von Straheim, he has kidnapped Speedwagon this whole time. He's had Speedwagon just, like, locked up. And so Jojo, part two Jojo, Joseph, he goes and he's trying to save Speedwagon because he's an old family friend now. So Jojo gets in the midst of all of this craziness and eventually all that's left is Speedwagon, Von Straheim, the Pillar Man, and... Did I leave out... Did I you left out Jojo, yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't know if I... All that's left is Jojo, Speedwagon, Von Straheim, and the Pillar Man. Who has been lovingly named Santana. Although the subtitles will say Santa Viendo. Yeah. <laughs> and so, the Nazi and Jojo, they work together to murder the vampiric giant of all things awful. And they 
basically succeed? I mean, the Nazi is, uh... He's assumed to be dead, though I'm always skeptical with JoJo. Especially with shonen battle anime in general. Death is a very hard thing to pin down. Yeah, so the Nazi general, he's dead. I'm gonna put that in quotes because I wouldn't be surprised if he showed up again either. Maybe as of another vampire, who knows? But eventually, the Santana also dies. Jojo has defeated him. Everything is hunky-dory, but he has been informed in these last moments that there are other pillars. Yes, uh, because of course, the Nazis, they never do anything half-assed. Oh, they, no. They go all the way, and they have found another set of pillars, and that's where we ended the episode. Stronheim uh, gives his final, quote-unquote final, uh, words to Joseph, says... Alright, you've got to go stop those final pillar men because these can't escape. Because though he's a Nazi, he doesn't want the world to be destroyed. You know, it, contrary to popular belief. Oh, yeah. And, and so, so I think the ultimate plot is going to be finding the pillars, stopping the pillars, stopping the pillar men, etc., etc. Exactly, except he also mentioned that there was a person in Rome that he should go to to train his Hammond up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is less interesting for me, if I'm being honest, because all of the Hammond, I have, I've yet to like a single use of Hammond. I'll tell you right now, it'll actually thoroughly explain the Hammond, as well as give some uses, some potential uh, creative uses of it, quite frankly, as well as how they train it up. Because they skip over the whole training thing in Phantom Blood, which is a mistake when you have a new power system. Yeah, if they could make it less BS, then that would be great. Yes, uh, they will go into how Hammond works, and that is what makes Battle Tendency so good, is because they explain why this works the way it works, and how it can be applied to just about any scenario, and they come up with creative ways to use it to fight these pillar men but ultimately with all of that being said my thoughts on battle tendencies are very different than my thoughts on phantom blood they're almost different shows aren't they wildly so it's as if battle tendency watched jojo and thought okay i can do better and that it did it was what i wanted part one to be i still didn't adore it but i might have liked it a little bit I like the sound of that, Remington. Like, I think it may just ever so slightly edge out into the liking. But that leaves me in an interesting scenario. Because if I greatly dislike part one, but I sort of like part two, where do I put JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Sean? Well, I think you'll have to put it in the to-be-continued slot, Remington. That's a scary slot, Sean. I don't know <laughs> if I want <laughs> And I can't wait to see what happens when you watch more of this, because I can guarantee more people will want us to talk more about JoJo, because every time you get a new part of JoJo, it just does something even more insane or something more convoluted and just straight up bizarre. Oh, boy. And that's what makes JoJo so entertaining, is all the different ideas they have into this one same universe. I'll even give you a hint to part three. Part three, Hammond becomes a secondary thing. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, and I'll tell you right now, the powers people remember from JoJo is not Hammond. Oh! It's the powers that are displayed and presented in part three. Uh, see, there's a part of me that's very interested, but there's also a part of me that wants to die. It's so crazy how conflicted my inner turmoil is, but 
I definitely think that my opinions are far more positive than they were at the beginning. Oh my god. I guess you'll just have to be on standby. Oh. That's a joke JoJo fans will get. I assumed as much. <laughs> and one day you'll get it too. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Remington, I've gotta ask. Wanna go sit down and watch some more JoJo's Bizarre Adventure with me? Yes? You said it! It's time again! <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. If you enjoyed our mad ramblings on the state of anime as a whole, feel free to leave a review on whatever platform you listen on, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, anything really, but the best way for us to spread is actually word of mouth. And if you would like to contact us directly, whether it's for feedback, comment, question, or a recommendation just like this episode, then you can send an email over on to animeoutofcontext at gmail.com. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in, and I can't wait for the next time. Next time.